All right. Hi, thanks for coming to uh, Progressively Horrified. This is a podcast where we talk about horror in ways that it really didn't agree with, agree what? to. Didn't agree I don't with? know what the intro is. It's not like you ever a little podcast, show, Jeremy. Like, not like the last hundred episodes. Hey, you're on a you're listening to a podcast, and <laughs> this is the home star runner about? of introductions. <laughs> I'm home star, and this is a podcast. Welcome back to Behind the Bastards, everyone. Yeah, it's not .net, it's .com. Let's go. All right. Should we Should we jump in here? I thought we already did. Okay, sure. I did the intro. Yeah. You did something. Oh. V or A? Okay. <laughs> uh, intro. Sounds like we need a clean start. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified. The show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> uh, good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the Hulu original miniseries about the most terrifying thing there is, publishing. It's the other black girl. Uh, I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cenobites. First, they're here to challenge the sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary. My co-host, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? Really glad that we can talk about something that deals with the important and timely issue of don't trust actors from Riverdale. That's very important. If they've been in Riverdale, just run. Or Will and Grace, for that matter. <laughs> and the cinnamon roll of Cenobites, our co-host, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? Feeling pretty validated that I haven't watched any Riverdale, so I know not to trust them. Here, here. <laughs> Very important. And our guest tonight, first editor, writer, podcaster, and all-around Renaissance woman, Amanda Meadows. Amanda, so good to have you back. Hey, I'm happy to be back. And uh, it's a, a shockingly scary, accurate one to be here for. Yeah, not an issue you can relate to at all, huh? Not at all mirrors parts of my own real lived experience at all. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here and to break it down. Also back with us tonight, English educator and friend of the podcast, Emmanuel Lipscomb. Emmanuel, how are you? Doing well. Happy to be here. This was this was wild. It's a wild one. I think aside from Evangelion, the, the longest group of things we've watched. So it's a watch. Also with us, PhD student, our podcast editor, and the queen of small screen screams, my wife, Alicia Whitley. Hey, I'm happy to be here. That was so sweet. My short review of this show is I love it as a thriller and my thoughts about its politics is pass. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I can get behind there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm bold to declare comedy. verdict. There's a lot going on and I'm not sure what clashes with the other parts. That's and, understandable. Yeah. As I yeah. also read the book it's based on. So maybe we can talk about that. You read the whole thing? Yeah. 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 Is when, it like that long or that bad? Well, I have thoughts. I have, I have, have notes. notes. I have notes for the book as yeah, well. I wish that the book had had maybe a little bit more editing because it was a slog and I actually did not get through the whole thing well before I even knew there was a Hulu series coming out. Mm. And then I tried to pick it up again and I still was like, I just, I, yeah. so I, I petered out. I started with the Kindle or like with the ebook version on Libby and I switched to the audiobook version that made it easier to finish. I felt like I needed 
to finish it to complete needed closure. tiny tiny canon <laughs> that is me trying to finish books for book club <laughs> i'm excited to hear what you think of the show given that you did make it to the end of the book and how those two compare yeah so before yeah. we dive too deep into that let's talk a little bit about who made this the original book was written by uh, zakia dalila harris the show is created by her and rashida jones it is then showrun by writer pair Gus Hickey and Jordan Redout. And then it is also written by the four of them and Kara Brown, Angela Nacell, and Janelle Spence. And just to talk a little bit about the directors, aside from Todd Bierman, who directs a couple of the, the first few episodes, we do also have Mariama Diallo, Nefertiti Naguvu, Naima Ramos Chapman, and Aurora Guerrero. As far as the stars, we have Sinclair Daniel, Ashley Murray, Brittany Adebumola, Hunter Parrish, Bellamy Young, Eric McCormack, and Garcelle Beauvais. On the plus side, as compared to some TV shows that we've watched that want to delve a lot into racial politics, there are a lot of people of color involved in making this show, which is obviously an immediate plus, and I think something that reads very clearly as you're watching the show and, and the way people talk and the way the show is put together. Yeah, Agreed. I, yes. We are talking about a whole, uh, I guess, what, 12 episode miniseries? Uh, 10. 10 episode yeah. miniseries. The, yeah. old, the old streaming 10. <laughs> I did get to episode 8. I'm like, I don't know how they're wrapping this up in 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah I love it. The streamers love a tight 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are we going to talk about the entire series today, or are we just talking about the first part? Did everyone here watch the whole series? Yeah, all ten episodes I watched. Was there? Yeah, let's let's dive, I, let's dive into it. Yeah, I mean, okay. it feels hard to get into without talking about like the ending and who the villain it is does. because that is an example of like, yeah, agency. Wait, I don't know what the themes are anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not to be catty about it, but if we did just recap the first like three episodes. There's not much that happens in the first few it's episodes. It's so slow. Like, it's there's so a lot slow. of a lot of setting things up that um, very lopsided stories. Very vibey. Of, I don't what understand was why so like, much was packed in the last three episodes. I know, but similar to the book, it felt like nothing was happening and nothing was happening, and then stuff happened. I will yeah. say, after having watched the having watched the whole series and going back and watching the first couple episodes again. It's weird that like it feels like a whole different series those first couple episodes because there's yeah, like they really they're do. really leaning yep. into the hauntedness of it and it really seems like there's a ghost involved but by right. the end of this story there will be no ghost like what well, it doesn't explain the premonitions and the visions that she's it's getting much right more explicitly yeah. supernatural in like the first two episodes and then right. takes like a pivot from the air into more just like a thriller territory. It's like, ha ha, there was no supernature. Yeah, it was. There, it was sci-fi. <laughs> it was two different, like, styles. Who's doing the recap? Do you want to do the recap? Oh, um, wow. I hadn't really prepared to do the recap. I don't think mm -hmm. anybody did. 
Um, I, I'm not okay. Yeah. So I mean, let's. Like I said, I, I don't want to do too thorough of a recap because there's. 12, okay, uh, that's episodes. good because I can't. So <laughs> the story starts with Nella, who is working for her dream publishing company. She has been wanting to work here ever since she read her favorite book. I think it's called The Burning Heart that was written by a Black author and edited by a Black author named Kendra. And she has been wanting to work at this company. So she's been working there and she finds herself the lone Black girl in a sea of white faces when another Black girl starts working there. Was the implication also that that was the only Black book Wagner had put out in that 35 years? And not only that, by the only that editor was only there for what, four years, five years or something? Yeah. Confusingly, because it seems that this author that she loves so much has had an entire career, and we don't really know anything about any other books that she may have made or not made. It's sort of, I don't know if she's like a one-off. But she was on the cover of Ebony and Jet magazine, so. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot to be said about the hyper-visibility slash erasure themes in the book and how they don't pay off. (laughs) 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 You know, it's like there's an interesting thing to be said about that. There are a lot of Black professionals. We're seeing this right now at Harvard where like someone's, entire career is about to be disappeared in front of them it happens all the time and no one will ever know that it happened so of course it's very easy to question and it's like part of what makes all of it feel crazy making but they just don't execute it in a way that felt resonant at all to like how absolutely well i this is where i feel like the thriller elements and the political elements sometimes conflict well but also like it's set in 2021 they're they're big Black authors that exist, right? Like Ta-Nehisi Coates is probably in universe. Like Jessamyn Ward is probably in universe. Like these people that are massive, well-known names and Wagner's just like, no, thank you. And Wagner's just doing nothing. And like hard to do a mystery in publishing when the gossip is overflowing and always so specific. People really do know who be like hanging out together too much. Yeah. So it's kind of, improbable in some ways where it's like you know the the gossip rags the blind items the dirt sheets for publishing are rampant and there's a lot of stuff that just wouldn't really be a secret oh hold on let me get in on those rags but anyway let me finish the recap real quick i promise (laughs) to make it short all right so she's working there another black girl comes in and they are vibing really hard they're just hitting it off they are like, yes, girl. Oh, little baby was at my college performance. And they're like, just, just ah, having such a good time chatting it up. And the white people in the office are uh, confused. And they both bond over the fact that they really love this editor who was there. And this editor, we see her at the beginning uh, scratching her head until it's bloody and then running from the building as flickering lights are behind her and she ends up on the subway and we don't know what happened to her. It's a mystery. And over the course of this story, little microaggressions keep happening between our main character, Nella, and her new best work friend, Hazel May. So one that stands out is she's dealing with an author who has written a character that is questionable at best. And we can have an entire discussion about white writers writing black characters. Jeremy, I'm looking at you. But... (laughs) But... Jeremy, have you ever thought about a page boy's hat? 
I've seen some photos, he has, actually. and he does. I've seen that, Jeremy. It is one of the hats that fits him the best, and he loves it. And I actually think he looks quite cute in it. But this author writes the story. He writes an offensive character. She tells Vera, who played Melly on Scandal, so I always love to see Melly in things. She tells Vera, her boss, hey, that's uh, problematic. Vera's like, it is, because Vera means truth, and that's what she speaks to Nella, not to the author. To the author, she says, great book. We love it because he promises to make them a lot of money. Nella tells her new BFF, Hazel, hey, this is a problem. And Hazel says, you should say something. And then as soon as Nella does, the author turns to Hazel and says, what do you think? And she's like, why, I loved it. I thought it was just real interesting and just throws Nella under the bus. Nella tells white boyfriend and best friend, best I guess. I don't know how to describe Malika. Just best character. Yeah. Best character. Most of my notes are just me writing down Michaela quotes. How much you how how much you love Malika? Malika yeah. gets Malika. all the best lines. I love yeah, no, all that's the, the main lines. reason I kept watching, like that I was as riveted as I was. Yeah, the part where it, Malika grabs her phone without looking and then dramatically turns her head to ignore Hazel's presence. Just kiss. <laughs> When anyway. she storms out yelling, you don't even stir paella. Yes. <laughs> no, the, I've been waiting for this shit. I'm taking some with me. Like that. Yes. Incredible. I felt that. Energy. I felt that. So Malika doesn't trust Hazel. She doesn't trust Hazel for multiple reasons. But one of them is that Hazel claims to love TLC, but does not recognize baby, baby, baby when it comes on. So that was real suspicious. Anyway. Long story short, it turns out that Malika was right not to trust Hazel because Hazel is not really Hazel. She has been working with a cadre of brainwashed women who use this conditioning agent, this hair grease, to, I guess, make the world more livable, make them ignore microaggressions better, make them fit in with whiteness better yeah. i'm not really sure meant to quell the cognitive dissonance of having yes. to behave in it yeah they don't have to do the james baldwin is it james baldwin who talks about having double identity uh du bois yeah but baldwin du bois, definitely thank you. cited that a lot <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. baldwin basically said like to be conscious is to be angry all the time and so this kind of quells that consciousness right so you don't have to have that sense of two-ness you can just exist and then get ahead in the world and it turns out that her favorite author of burning heart and richard wagner the president of the publishing company himself girl have been carrying on an affair and getting smart young black women to buy into this so that they can i don't know corner the market on diversity i guess what we'll get into that like what the goal is supposed to be in what the is the goal we yeah I, what what does the hair grease achieve that capitalism can't i'm not sure but we can talk about that later because well, it all comes to a head when kendra the missing publisher comes back and says girl you have got to run away you gotta go to idaho or iowa or one of those i states something like that <laughs> Why and she, yeah, and she decides, no, I'm going to fight against it while pretending that she has taken the hair grease and slathered it on her head so that she can be in the secret cabal of hair slathered black women. 
in professional politics, leaving it open for a second season. Now, I know that the book ends with her deciding to, you know what it reminds me of? Do you, okay. So after the, the events Matrix of the out, show, uh, where they yeah, well, changed like, the ending of the book, of the book? <laughs> then they changed yeah. the ending of the book. So there, like after the Matrix came out, there was like a thing with Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, I guess it was like an Oscars clip or something like a, a little sketch where she basically decides like, why would I want to live in the real world? Uh, living in the Matrix is great. And I feel like, isn't that what happens at the end of the book? Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. It's a tortured decision that you question the performativity of how tortured the decision was. It's very weird in how it's actually described in the yeah. book. But I mean, there's also just a lot of things that are revealed in scenes that are like improbably long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's like and all this time, the whole show, she's getting notes from this girl named Shani who's running from these other girls. She's seeing reflections of Kendra in elevator doors and in movies. And, you know, is the whole, the electricity is crackling and buzzing at weird times. And then it turns out that Kendra isn't a ghost because she's still alive. And was she leaving her notes? We're not sure. What was, was leaving that notes? Was it Shani? Right. I think it was Shani. I mean, I Shani was Shani too. Yeah, definitely slipped her a note like visibly, and she's yeah. like, "Meet me she's here." She's kind of broke in to the, the yeah. publisher, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's what happens in the book. Yeah, yeah, because okay. by then they were in thriller territory instead of like ghost territory. Yeah, Shawnee yeah. was like the previous yeah, the... her, like Hazel May was trying to work Shawnee into right. being part of this cult previously. So understand why Shawnee and Kendra and stuff can't just be like, "No, thank you." They did, and then they went after them because yeah, yeah. Why, like why? They were had voluntary. Like there are black women all over the place. There are Candace Owens's all over the place. That I, who would be it, like, yes, put the grease on me. Stacey I Dash yeah. would happily make do this. Money. Stacey that's Dash the best description it. of it. The we Candace already... Owens school of soft knocks. <laughs> yeah. Another incredible line from Malaya. Yeah, yeah, that was a good joke. So that was my other question I had with this like portfolio or whatever that she finds that has all of these women marked voluntary. Why? Was that? Why? And then the it involuntary. It was placed in like an escape room manner. Right. <laughs> where it's like, it yeah, I'm going to tape it in vanilla envelope. Involuntary doesn't seem to work. It didn't work for Kendra. It didn't work for Shawnee. It doesn't work for uh, Nella. Like, what's the point of trying the hair grease if it doesn't work unless you believe it? Like... Because really, if somebody told me I could be living in a penthouse apartment, drinking German Rieslings, eating paella without worrying about the cost of saffron, you know, and all I had to do was use a little bit of brown butter hair grease and I would smell delicious. I mean, it's I clearly don't, blue I just, magic. It clearly is blue magic. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely mental. Absolutely blue magic. Blue magic. <laughs> yeah, like at a certain point, I'm like, oh, are we like? demonizing black scholarships now what's going on here and also but how am i supposed to feel about I things said yeah. at the beginning i said if this has something to do with evil hair products i'm not <laughs> going to be happy because this is exactly like bad hair it's the worst part of the entire thing like why <laughs> why is it hair goo and like nobody like malika points out multiple times no, why would you put something on your head that doesn't have like why wouldn't they have patter 
for and where did it come what from? the ingredients are and where yeah. it came from. Usually when there's a secret like that, you hide it behind a bunch of beautiful lies that distract you instead of a blank. You know, they're not like they didn't get FDA approval. You know, it's very like one on one. They didn't even say, oh, this is my grandma's special hair grease that she makes. Or I got this recipe off of TikTok because let me tell you, in my natural hair journey, I have tried a lot of random recipes of mayonnaise and avocado and whatnot that people said on TikTok worked well for my hair. Salad dressings. Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. It smelled great. It did not work. You'd think one of these little mini Amorosas would have like gone into makeup industry and you could have hit it behind like that. Yeah. Right. So that's another question, right? On the first lady's head. Like they could have been in everything. Like why was, why were they small timing it? Right. I don't use hair grease though. So how do they get Jesse? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they hint at a vast conspiracy that's actually so much smaller in a way that undercuts the core tension of the main character and just, how fucking how fucking crazy it is to actually live through the horrors of being a black femme in a world where you hmm. now have to ingest a little bit of everybody's poison to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Can can we answer Emmanuel's question though? How does yes. everybody think they got it onto Jesse? I like to imagine that they took some grease, they were just talking to him, and then they were like, oh whoops, and then fell on his head. Yeah. And then just yeah, there's that. I'm, I'm thinking maybe they lined the inside of his little fisherman beanie. You know, there you go. Up. Yeah, maybe yeah. his do rag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait, they, no, he did have a fisherman beanie. They spiked his beanie. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. Do they have like a line of products? Like, are there several? Like, this is Shea Moisture, but it's got a little bit of the grease on it. So wow. Yeah. Your curls Listen, wow. Shea Moisture yeah. purchased exactly. by a large company. Like the fact oh, that why you said Shea Moisture. Like the fact that you said Shea Moisture. Yeah. That's I will say if somebody like just put something in my Dr. Bronner's one day, I would never notice. Yeah. You know, it smells so People strongly. People those Dr. Bronner's label on it. People never know what's in that thing. Uh, yeah. You could tell them the whole manifesto and they still wouldn't notice. I've tried to read the Dr. Bronner's bottle. Still don't know what it's talking about. Yeah, no, the Dr. Bronner's, that's some cult shit right there. I know the mind control hair grease was fucking goofy, but seeing <laughs> seeing, Je- seeing Jesse go full Sean King did break my heart a little bit. It sucked. Yeah, yeah. no, I really appreciated. Shout out to Langston Kerman because that was a yes. very funny performance that was like, very informed like he's gotten really good at playing this type of charlatan i mean that's what i'll say like going into this is like we're gonna like we goof on a lot of stuff that happens in the show and like i think rightfully so but the acting is spot on like the entire yeah. cast so is much fun well the characters right like sophie was hilarious like her yes. little cat lady vibes she was so uh-huh. sweet and like she won me over loved malaika uh, what's her boss? Vera? Vera oh, love is Bellamy. the perfect, awful boss. <laughs> yeah. She's so good. She has such command of her w- voice. Like. Was there as much drunken hangouts with her in the book? Because that it felt like the book would have gotten rid of her once she was fired. But in the show, they were like, well, we don't want to stop having Bellamy Young in this show. So, <laughs> Well, she shows up yeah. with her wine and garlic knots. Like, that's a... F- you're not a close friend, but that's a friend. Yeah. And your boss bringing wine and garlic. No, it's, I'm sorry. That's a real one. Yeah. It, it's a nice thing. That's like a very New York thing, I would imagine. But also, like, even as a remote editor, I've definitely had relationships with white report twos that 
like after everything's over, they still be checking in on you. Like they're like yeah. kind of obsessed in a way that makes you think partly they think well of you, but also they're waiting to see if you ever say anything about what it was actually like working If with you them. show up with wine and garlic knots, I will fold I'm like a paper frame. Right? Like, I'm your friend. <laughs> you give me garlic knots, I'm putting on the hair goo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it feels really nice. Like the hair grade process, the, the grease process seems to like come with the massage. Love the scalp massage. Yeah, like so many, like people could do anything to me if they're doing a scalp massage to me. Yeah. No grease involved. People could be like, yeah. But then girl didn't actually have, she she just left the grease. And then they were assuming that Nella was like completely on board. And the way that they were doing the parting and the, you know, they're doing like these hair parties. I was like, how come I never get invited to let me do your hair parties? Like that's... With waffle Where are those bowls. parties happening? Yeah. yeah. You should have known it was weird when you showed up to a party with all black women. It was nothing but dairy products. Like you're just going to have ice yes. cream. All you can eat ice cream. You should have <laughs> known. <laughs> I said that to Jamie. I was like, we're lactose intolerant. <laughs> what? When they all put their uh-huh. hands over their hearts and they're like, they all like clutch their pearls in unison. Yeah. It's great. That was great. Like in Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing that I really love is that as Eric McCormick, who was Will from Will and Grace, baby, he is an actor. Okay, he yeah, was good. playing that. He was so good and oh, yeah. so funny. Yeah. Like everyone in this is, well, Garcelle Beauvais. I'm. She may not be acting as much as I would like her to be acting. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. I thought it was weird how they just cast their younger selves, irrespective of the adult actresses that they looked nothing. Yeah. Nothing Why alike. is Kendra giving me like sexy basketball player as a like, <laughs> older woman? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was all tall and like chiseled and everything. And like she looked yeah. like she-, she was using Shawnee's like chin up program. Between 30 and 50, she grew a foot, you know? Yeah. 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 Big, big on CrossFit now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, completely it different was hair texture. Like, what are we doing? What, what I, happens? I, I always clock that stuff too. I think casting did a great job for the comedic element. But yeah, for some reason, all of the like, earlier versions of everyone young whoever all looked off young wagner was weird too like yeah that's yeah. true it was i was like who's that zach morris <laughs> <laughs> another person who could convince me to put on some grease i don't know zach morris yeah. like yeah. he, he would have been good in the show too wouldn't yeah. he funny yeah it's it's wild that you've got this like one publishing house that's led by this this one guy that you're supposed to I don't know, trust throughout the series, and they named him Richard Wagner, is really um, yeah. sort of wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, nobody ever says anything about that in the in the show, that they're like, no, really, is this guy who, who runs this potentially racist, like, publishing house named Richard Wagner, like, weird? In terms of casting, did anyone else kind of lose their shit a little when they realized the racist author was Kevin from The Office? Mm. Loved it. Oh, yeah. So Once he came out, I was he like, was that's perfect. a great choice. He was so, yeah. so good. Perfect. Oh, when he was doing the his apology Zoom call and then yes. the vape cloud at the end. Oh, yeah. His, so like, his, his whole apology, like his bad YouTube apology. He's like, the least yes, racist yes. person he knows. 
I love how the Witnet in his little, in his author photo, he's wearing like a shirt that says artist or something, but yeah. then it looks so much like it says racist. Like, <laughs> Yeah, every sphincter in my body clenched when I was on screen. Alicia, if, if any publisher ever tries to make cardboard stand-ups of me, just stop me, please. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. not until I get one made for myself. <laughs> I would love to have a cardboard stand-up of Jeremy because sometimes he goes out of town okay. and I want to do like a Home Alone style. There's a large man Listen, who lives here. I feel like you forgot what it was like when we had a stick cardboard stand-up of Humphrey Bogart. We did. That was house. that. And you yeah. Humphrey Bogart go, did scare you just us a lot. Yeah. You just walked to the sink in the middle of the night and I'd hear That's you That's the wildest sentence you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bogey no, did Bogart. get me a few times. Because we had a spiral staircase and Humphrey Bogart. I think, well, didn't we also have a Marilyn Monroe one as well? Stand up? Um, I don't think so. We had another one, but I forget what it who was. Who was paying for these cutouts? I know, uh, right? Jeremy's nerd, movie nerd butt. That's who. I don't think I paid for those. Did you just get them from the, from the movie store? Did you just steal them from the Blockbuster? I either well, stole them from the Blockbuster or they belonged to my brother who was living with us at the time. Okay. Yeah. One of those the two. Blockbuster I... belonged to the community. Yeah. Uh, all of this. It wasn't stealing yeah. if it was from Blockbuster. Soviet I... Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> if you look behind me, each of these black cases on this shelf has at least 100 DVDs in it. So it goes Excellent. all the way down. Hey, uh, but Emily, you were saying something at the same time that Jeremy was reminding me of Bogey. Do you remember what it was? I, I was just talking about how fucking cringe the author was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have, what like if that, that becomes you one day? Do you have instructions that I should do? Like, if I ever see you doing that, Emily, like, what should I do? Um, like, if you were to, okay, you're an author, you're a writer, you're an author, you're an author. You all have written and drawn characters that are not the same culture and the same race as you. So let's say you write a Chartricia or you draw a Chartricia. I feel like. I know you all well enough to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Get back here. Yeah. Get over oh my here. God. Let's yeah, talk about no. it. I but mean, wouldn't you want, like, I just thought it was weird that he was like, yeah. you know, offended. You're assuming that he has friends. He has yeah, no well, friends to tell him that. By his editor though, but like. For myself as a writer, I would say karate chop to the throat. Yeah. Wouldn't you want your editor to be like, I think the average author does want that. And then there's uh, a type of author who needs to be like the godhead of all ideas or whatever. And they just, they don't take notes or they've made just enough money for someone that they don't believe they should ever have to take notes, which I've yeah. also encountered in comics, which yeah. is hilarious. Nobody's paid enough in comics to act like that. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> the, the one thing I really noticed that stood out to me was, I don't know, maybe things are different at that the cellar echelon, but just the sort of like, oh, yes, no, author, you come in and we have just a hair and makeup team for you instead of just like fucking email us something you take with your phone. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every book I, I've ever read, the like acknowledgement section has talked about like the books I've loved. They've talked about how this wouldn't exist without my editor. My editor made this what it is, whatever, whatever. Like my editor yeah. took all the bullshit out of it, right? This seems to be like the myth that the author does all of the heavy lifting. Like it, it, it only it is perfect when the editor receives it and all the editor does is publish it. And so there is no one to check him because he wrote a perfect book and they just print it, it seems like. I mean, I I yeah. think like I think both you things mean, are true. 
because I think all you really need to do to like see the difference between somebody who is excited about writing a thing and working with an editor and somebody who is too big for their britches is to read the third Harry Potter book and then read the fourth Harry Potter book, mm-hmm. uh, which is <laughs> twice the size of uh, you know all of the and previous nobody books. Nobody told her no. That's and, true. Yeah. There are so many yeah. parts where, I, and there are a lot of chartreuses no. in that book. Look, there if someone so was capable of telling J.K. Rowling no in her life, things would have been very different for her the last few years. I guess or Amy Sherman Palladino. I just rewatched that last Gilmore Girls a year in the life with with the kids and oh i didn't see it that needed some it needed some editing yeah it does love to write i'm not a professional editor of things but it it baffled me how much vera seemed like oh i can't tell him that this needs to change they had to case his ass the sensitivity reader flagged all of this stuff will never i was like just change what she flagged or don't like those are your options like what are you Oh, let me tell you. Yeah. It's okay. No, it's yeah. it's unfortunately more of a problem than you think. And it's not among like rational, you know, good faith artists who have community that they're accountable to and stuff. But like the people who really think of themselves as a franchise. But and then there's also just a type of like very sensitive white boy artist who really is just like there is a type of editor who is very afraid of making them upset. Yeah. And that's a, a big thing. One of the biggest problems with publishing being like 87% white women or whatever is mm-hmm. that white women's job is to keep the peace in a way that is about quelling the problem. And the problem is whoever is pointing out the problem. And I was in a meeting once where an editor was asking everyone for advice on how to deal with the sensitivity reader who wasn't very nice in uh, their notes and wrote their notes in a way that they can't send that to the author without them getting upset. And they were so worked up about this that in a way that like the author hadn't even seen the notes, who, but they've already sort of decided that it's too upsetting because they are also uncomfortable and they don't want to have the conversation. They also don't feel equipped or educated enough to have the conversation, even though they know everything they need to know. They just don't want to actually but I just doing it. Yeah. But yeah, I've been in meetings where we've had to tell someone, no, you have to tell the author what the sensitivity readers said. Yes. Yeah. And, otherwise, I mean, the is, there no, yeah. is there a problem yeah. with saying like, with rejecting a note from a sensitivity reader? Is there a problem with like the sensitivity reader says, oh, and I really like how the show, how the show was like, apparently we can't say crazy anymore. And then just decided to do that joke over and over again. And it's like, okay, so you're just doing the thing that you're talking. Yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like the, I I was like, calm down. Like I get Vera saying it one time, like, but let's move on. We don't need to keep part of the craziest white lady boss thing in the whole show was Vera telling Della that she's her dog's godmother. Yeah, that was, (laughs) yes. It was the whitest thing to happen on camera. Oh my God. I love it. So, so white. And this is this is what is like the charm of the show. Like this Company is why is so good. I would recommend like this is the reason I'd recommend the show. I'd be like, don't have your hopes up for the uh, like don't be expected turns. Don't be expecting any sort of like incredible plot twist. But these characters are great. And they're the light like the dialogue is. Yeah, Great. it's kind of like, should this just been a comedy about like two black girls navigating the world of publishing and 
not a mind control conspiracy thriller. Well, this right. is the real problem that I had with the premise in general. Well, I had two problems. One is that you need anything more than money to make somebody flip the script like that. Like we have seen time and time again that you don't need magical hair grease to get people to do that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. You just need to offer them enough money exactly. and say, yeah. say what you say what we want you to say. And we'll pay you a lot of money. And then all of a sudden it gets easier and easier to, I mean, OJ Simpson was like, I'm not black. I'm just OJ. Like that came really easy to him and it did not take magical hair grease. But number two, just the the idea that there can only be one. (laughs) That's like, how much better would this supposed to be busted? And they don't do a good job. They don't make a good case. Yeah. She does that at one point. Nella says, well, I'm going to invite Hazel to work on this with me. And she's like, but Hazel is your competition. And she's like, but she shouldn't be like, we should be working together. And then that message just disappears. But I'm like, how great would it have been if Hazel was working for the OBGs? And then Nella was like, we don't have to be against each other. We can work together and we don't have to do it their way. Yeah, we have options. Right. And then they had they had this whole thing with Hazel, like right towards the the last few episodes where Hazel, we saw a little bit more of Hazel and that she was not really into it. You know, Mm -hmm. she was having second thoughts. And so I felt like that was something that would be a lot more worthwhile to engage in. But instead, Mm -hmm. it was her just being more and more desperate for Nella to like be on board. So I yeah, like. There was, it's a really weird thing to have this show or to have this story that is so much about being true to yourself. And then the way that they, that like at the end, she still had to lie. Like, and straighten um, her hair. And yeah, yeah, yeah. even to go undercover. Yeah. But and with- can we talk about also that it is true that wearing your hair in an unnatural way has been a way for people to assimilate or even, you know, in a lot of ways it has been in the past that people have accepted the idea that natural hair is bad and so we need to straighten our hair and da-da-da-da-da-da. But can we also just say that straightening your hair or wearing a weave or wearing a wig does not necessarily mean that you are a sellout? Like, it's just a maybe yeah. you yeah. just, it's yeah. like, <laughs> if this movie was like, we're going to demonstrate we, that this white girl has sold out by having her wear makeup or having her wear yeah. false eyelashes. It's like, it can be yeah. that people are using these things inappropriately, but also girls can wear wigs if they want. She's making that. I feel like they're making that point in the last episode. While Hazel May is sitting there with dreadlocks. Like exactly. I don't understand the, the point they're making. Hazel's Ooh. outfits are so fucking cool. Yes. Oh, Hazel's fashions. I love, her, I love I mean, that's... her outfits. Some of them are a little like, I don't know why you're going like full cyberpunk to this like publisher's meeting, but I, you know, if I could, I would. Like, oh, her, when they were she at the... actually, that actually reminds me of someone I know. <laughs> oh, when they oh, were no. at the fucking like reception for the imprint launch party and she had that crazy science fiction. Yeah, like, the Alexander McQueen zipper I, thing. I had yeah. what's yeah. with the that Final Fantasy ass top she's wearing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What, that's exactly what the, that was fucking crazy. I mean, if they can't yeah, hair grease for fake. 
but also her locks were fake too. Of course. Like, fine. I mean, I, I get like, is that what they're trying? Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Well, this I is where I run into some trouble with this show. Like, as much as I actually, like, I really enjoy it. Like, I fucking tore through it. Like, I loved, like, the characters. The comedy was on point. Was, like, an engaging thriller. But then, like, once, you know, I finish and I have some time to think about it, it is, like, yeah, at this point, like you said, Alicia, like, we've now seen enough times where it's, like, straightened hair equals evil slash mind-controlled that at a certain point it's, like, People are allowed to have that hairstyle. Like if they yeah. want, let them have that hairstyle without being like you are literally evil. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like um, a red flag or something. But then it's, it's a like trope that nobody is has been given adequate room to actually explore in an honest way, and it just needs to be retired retroactively. A <laughs> hundred years. I. It's it's something that it's one of the few things that white people know about black people and it makes it one of the easiest types of concepts to sell to white people and like the very nature of how unfortunately like in my pers- in my opinion the way this book got through all of the iterations it must have gone through without very real structural changes to make this actually a mystery to make uh-huh. it actually a thriller, to actually stand on business about what the characters' politics are and what we are saying when we say that we're all dancing with the perception of authenticity, like what that means when it's something that we have to sell to other people. Mm-hmm. And it, it it doesn't complete the thought. It doesn't complete the argument. And like that in itself is an example of like if there were more black people at that publishing company you know i'm sure they had a great editor but there would have been more scrutiny put on it but i think by the nature of some of its tropes made it a little easier to skate by you know the kind of i as someone who has had to give a lot of tough love notes to books by black authors (laughs) um some that are just like oh they're never going to send this to them are they it's it's definitely you know trying to call each other in is a real is a real problem that could I mean, have been also handled better in the execution of the book. The, the yeah, the show does a better job actually in kind of yes. fixing the dialogue. Yes, <laughs> that's like where the comedy writers kind of came in. But the yes. comedy writers are naturally trying to turn it to what y'all already said would be better, which is just like a sitcom about them actually just kind of episodically trying to figure out what the fuck. Uh, their places in publishing. Exactly. But I do but, love that just the line. That's I'm, not what the book even gives them room to nope. do because yeah. there's I, a stupid mystery that's incomplete. I do, I do want to get a tattoo of the line, your inability to see that I'm always right really concerns me. Malika, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, that's queen. a bumper sticker. Queen shit queen. all day. Think? Yeah, uh-huh. and a, about Malika. Honestly, I think that's also like a weird problem crutch in the book is that all of the sense and all of the spidey senses and wisdom and calling things as they plainly are all have to fall on the radical black lesbian. And, you know, that is supposed to and kind she's of also be a like statement. goofy comic relief at a lot of points. Yeah, like, yeah which also mirrors. <laughs> yes. I was going to say there are times when they put some sophistication on her and it's it's done in such a way to be like, whoa, you didn't expect 
knowledge about paella from Malika, did you? Because right. she, you know, and so that's supposed to be funny. And she's got a real low rail Howry in. I was going to say, out. it's like yeah, they saw Get kid. Out and they're yeah. like, oh, we need one yeah. of those. Yeah. 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 They, they, they put they, her they in that up. position. They literally look at their own fucking mind control, like hair gel and go like, that's some Get Out style shit right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, what? Well, I guess if if you're yeah. if you're calling it out, okay, I guess your word's not mine. Yeah, so. you know, that's the problem when you adapt a book that has very real structural problems in the yeah. story. You know, yeah. they've got to come up with some dumb band-aids that also aren't that satisfying. Yeah. I appreciate some of the abbreviations they made, but they also spent way too much time at the, with yeah. the first half of the book and should have spent more time on the second half. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the whole ben? mind control hair gel reminds <laughs> me of like in an action movie when they make the villain too sympathetic and like <laughs> their point, like the radical the villain point is, is like, too is right. Completely bad. They're yeah. too right. So they then just have to like murder a bunch of like civilians just out so of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's their favorite thing to do. Yeah. Because Wait, otherwise, Diana's but... plan is like, Let's have yeah. a group of professional black women provide community and like emotional and professional support for one another while we delve it, while we deal with the complicated emotions that the society foists upon us. And it's like, that's really hard to make seem like a bad thing. But yeah, yeah. Your hair looks mind. good. You don't have any guilt about your experience and you're successful. Like, what's the drawback? What is this soul you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, like, what, what is it's like the what? limitless pills, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you won't be human. But I look good. Have you seen but me? I look, I look great. great. Like, and I'm not worried about question. racism and microaggressions don't bother me. Like, I could just get over it. And that's the other thing is that this show really seems to be saying, hey, you know what? If black people could just get out of their own way about these microaggressions, I mean, yeah. yeah I, I don't even know if it's yeah. mind control or if it's just some like psychedelic mushroom therapy. Could be. Well, I think that there's there's this implication that Wagner, Wagner, <laughs> kind of like calling it Wagner better because it's a bit more on point. But I feel like he's sort of behind it all. But I, I mean, I haven't read the book. I don't know if he's it's behind it all. It just seems like bad hair. Like just, yeah, yeah. Like it's, ending of bad hair. There was a lot of it where I'm like, this is what I wanted bad hair to be. But also, yeah. I'm not sure. But also, like bad hair. I, I'm now wondering if there was just some innate flaws baked into the premise of bad hair. I just, yeah. I wanted Molly, you and Danger Girl. I wanted ghosts. I wanted. I wanted magical realism. Yes. Yeah. And this, instead... This some Southern Gothic in it. And for Sophie and Malika to start dating. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And instead I got bad hair grease. Yeah. I did want to talk about Sure, Trisha. <laughs> and to answer your question, because you you asked me the question, what do you want me to do if I... If you ever oh, yeah, find yeah, yeah. Sure, Trisha. You know, please... Do what you thought that an art a writer would want is, you know, say like, what are you, what's, I mean, you, you don't even have to say it nice. You'd be like, you know, there's this, there's a racist thing here. Like you can say racist. This is, you could say something's racist. Like, yeah, I, just, I just don't you know, feel like even if they wore the hair, even if she put that hair grease on her head, like 
Hazel could still make her own decisions. I don't. I feel like racism or not, she could still book... say Chartricia is problematic with the hair grease on her. Yeah, head. Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah, and you know, it's I just everyone has a blind spot. You got to accept that, and I think that's. I mean, if that was something that was more explored, maybe I don't think this this particular story wasn't so much about that, but um, yeah, like. I, I almost wish that it was the some of the comedy was about this intent on having a cult and then they realize that it's like there's they don't have to be sinister about it. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> like they don't have to be like, you know, they can just take it themselves and be like, oh, we could just be cool, you know? And then maybe there is magical re- realism. I was actually a lot more invested. You're in waiting for this to be like, wait, why are we mind controlling people into getting their dream jobs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does Diana benefit from any of this? Like, what does she get? It truly Bills. seems like she's, that's it's what I'm saying. Like a Pokemon thing. She's just collecting them. Yeah, like, she, like she's yeah. friends. <laughs> that's a saying. It's like we don't have like a plot. It really just seems to be like. She wants black women to succeed even through some light mind control. Only we, through light I mean, mind control. I needed to know so much more. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if, if Wagner was like, at you know, if it was his thing, he just he was like using he's, her. He's just a simp for, for Diana. She's in I, the driver's seat. Which, which is awesome. Like, if she's in the driver's seat, awesome. Supporting women's wrongs, yeah. Can you imagine Wagner in the store trying to pick out hair grease? Just him standing in an aisle trying to, okay, she said to get, I know what she said, get, I, do, I don't see it. So, Jeremy, how does that ma'am, work for you? I, I buy what I'm told to buy, and if I if it's not there, usually I will either text you or call you and say, hey, they don't have that, they have this and this. And either you'll say, do people oh, ever I, don't look want, at you, I don't want that. Do people ever look at you weird when you're picking up, like, when you're just in the black hair aisle looking at stuff? He just tells him he's trying to get his waves to come in. <laughs> I mean, the part of Durham we live in, basically, at this point, I think everybody's just like, uh, he's probably probably shopping for his wife. Well, he's going to pull a John B. Uh, he's just he's gonna, going like, on a Post Malone thing. Oh, don't God. listen to <laughs> what people say. They don't know about you and me. Everybody Man, thought he was John black. B. Thought John he was B. black. John B. And, um, you know, what you won't do. Do for love. Who's that? You tried everything. I don't know. He, the two of them and Rick Astley are the trifecta. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess you're wondering where I've been. That guy is white. I came back what? to let you know. Got a thing for you. He is white. And I, I don't know who you're talking about. I know he's white. His name is Bobby something. My friends wonder what is wrong with me. Bobby. Holy shit. Hold on, I'm Bobby Caldwell? Oh, yes, he's well, yeah, he's he white. just passed away. A, a oh, whole white man. Yes, oh, a whole no. white man. They yes, even put him man. on shadow on the cover. Yes, because they, they, the they knew. They knew. They knew. Yeah, but I was just thinking about with Chartreuse. I was thinking about the Blueford High series. Do you guys remember the Blueford High series? They had so many kids in the Blueford High series. High school teachers know okay. it. Can I, I think, share yeah, my like, screen with you, please? Yeah. All right. Oh, the host disabled participant screen sharing. So just Google Blueford wow. High. Look at him keeping black women down. And just <laughs> and just look Sorry. at these covers. Uh, oh, wow. 
So all of these, the kids loved these books. Yes. They ate them up. And the Sharon Draper ones too. So, but Sharon Draper oh, is black. Yeah. Oh, was he not black? Like, no, no, no. thirds of the Blueford High series are black. It's all like, uh, my name is Jamal and I live in the ghetto and the gangs come for me every day. But unless got me some out. of these newer authors are, but the ones, the Paul Langan, Anne Schrapp, Ben Alarez, like none of them are black. Paul Langan, huh? Who the fuck? I'm looking at these covers now. Look I, at the these gun. covers oh are wild. When you I could get them for free too, horrified. like they would send them to you as high school teachers. Yes, damn. And the like test. the kids, would, the worst part is the kids would eat the ball. But I'm like, y'all don't see that this is not written by black people. Like y'all can't see that right here. Y'all don't see that right here. No, because it's like soap opera. They were really soapy, you know. And sometimes it's like, well, we just we eat what we like. It's just an Applejack situation, like. Like kind of like Blackula. Yeah. Was Good Blackula foods? written by yeah. black people? Heck no. Was there a lot of racism in Blackula? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Will yeah. I be watching oh, it yeah. again? Why yeah. are the covers yeah. so bad? I mean, I'm guessing the illustrators were also not black. The covers are so bad. They're really, really bad. I mean, they're, it's, they're it's really, really bad. bad. But I feel like somebody worked so hard on them. Oh, like, absolutely. This isn't lazy bad. Like, like a even the shades of, of brown was put into each one to make them each bad in a thousand different ways. It's, it reminds me of Ali Mullen talking nuts. about how people don't know how to shoot black skin. Like, they don't know how to light mm -hmm. it. Like, yes. they, like, this is like, what are these colors? <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you know how many notes I've yeah. given on art <laughs> where it's like, uh, what's the hex code on this purplish gray concoction that you've created <laughs> for this person, this human person? <laughs> but the writing is given like, it's given fauches, fauches, genuine. And I, I have to thank Britney Spears for bringing that to our attention. Well, what's that? What's that new Jeffrey Wright movie? Uh, American Fiction. Yes, I'm seeing that on oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. I need to see that. One of the things that I thought was interesting was he, she had all this heat for Chartricia, but her and Hazel are kind of doing this thing where they're like key keying with each other and getting along, but they're like one upping each other as far as blackness is concerned. Like, oh yeah, I'm from Harlem. Oh, you know, are you, you yeah. know, like they're kind yes. of like trying to like out black each other. That's a, a little that's bit. something that I have sort of observed, especially in like, like predominantly white like institutional environments yeah. where there is this like pressure i think once you're when you're around white people nobody fucking has enough sense to know when you're off or when you're lying they can't tell but when you're around another black person there's a different level there's an added layer of accountability that we all sort of feel for each other and right, that like white sort people of exploited. if i'm it, yeah, if I'm in a group exploited. of white people, they can't check me. They can't tell me who I am or who I'm not. Like they can't. They can yeah. use their power, oh. but they can't actually right. read. But they me. can't exactly. I get that's why. But I like, like Alicia could read Jewish me person. if she really wanted to, you know, in a way that Jeremy never could. And so, like, there's this feeling, especially when you have to work with them. It's like. I this is someone I have to work alongside of who is being pitted against me, but I also feel like they have to know that I'm real, <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> and it creates this like tension that I have actually seen. But like yeah. I feel like this is also like a very New York thing, a very it LA just, thing. In, in terms, terms of, of in, in terms, terms of, of the, oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. 
It reminds me of in Not Another Teen Movie where the token black guy is like, no, you can't be at this party. This is my party. I'm at this. I'm the black guy at this party. But yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I've been assigned to this outpost. And if there's <laughs> one more and the cops will be called. So I'm yeah, we can't, yeah, we can't have more than one. I'm a load bearing black guy standing <laughs> in the corner oh at my this God. party so that you know that it's a cool party. Right. So but it's not, a, like, oh, but it's not a dangerous off. party. <laughs> Are you a pillar in the black community if you're yes. load bearing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, B. Well, it just in terms of the conflict between the characters, one thing that I feel like this show implied but really didn't go into or explore is that it does seem to imply that Nella has certain class privileges that yes. especially like Hazel didn't have. Like, you know, like we... We don't learn too much about where she's from, but we just know that she's from Connecticut, which could mean a, a lot of things. I could, that's a Does load it? bear. Yeah. It's a load bear in, in my mind. Yeah, in my mind, Connecticut just means like rich people. It means you've had to. You've had eyes on you. You've had hot eyes on you since you were born. That's what it yeah. means. Like yeah. as someone who grew up in Orange County, California, in like the eighties ah. and nineties, right as it was turning into a diverse place. It was I grew still up in like Orange anywhere County, you North go. Carolina, it's not but quite the same. Different oranges. Yeah. And Florida different has an oranges. orange county too. Differently oh, toxic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just Nothing different toxic. ever comes from an orange county. The no. places or the show. <laughs> no, no. With orange groves comes colonization, comes weirdos. I don't think yeah. there are yeah, orange this, groves in North Carolina. That, yeah. This, yeah. Our, our orange county is named after like the Duke of Orange or yeah. something. That, oh, that's that so yeah, much yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> right. I forget older. the East Coast has so many yeah, like things just, named after older. 17th century guys. Yeah. 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 But B, you were saying? Well, yeah, just that, like, you know, that we see Hazel before she, you know, becomes agent of mind control like yeah. mlm yeah. um you know oh, is yeah, it... it is an mlm yeah like yeah. she <laughs> oh no yeah. it's lulu it's 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 the leggings who did yeah. the leggings and 50 percent mm. of your yeah. black Lula girls Rowe. become my black girls and then when you <laughs> yeah. hire black girls <laughs> it, it's, it's it's a honestly you see yeah, diana's you got her Cadillac, group, right? and then hazel's <laughs> under diana but then hazel has her group <laughs> but like yeah. that you know that nella way before any mind control cult comes in has the education and the financial resources to get this job that is so impossibly out of hazel's reach like where we see where hazel came from and that's Mm -hmm. something i feel like this show you know it's there but i feel like the show doesn't actively delve into it 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 makes sense that hazel would join this sorority of I'm going to tell you what to wear and how to act so that you can get into these spaces that are closed to you. But so she said something to, I mean, what's I don't, I don't want to make, I don't want to make the sorors mad at me. I, I don't want to make the if sorors is, mad at me. If it is a multi-level marketing scam, that makes way more sense now. Because yeah. like, if after you get addicted to the hair grease, you then have to it's pay the... an exorbitant price for it, okay. or you start feeling all the racism again. Also, where did the I'm hair sorry. grease come from? Don't ask that Now that's true. I would pay a lot of money it, if somebody was like, "That's what it Here, has Don't to be. feel the racism, and yes. then I get off yeah. of it. I would pay a lot of money to no, not here's feel what, the racism. That's what anymore. it absolutely has to be. It has to be the MLM scheme because hit author or not, that is the only fucking way Diana is affording that Manhattan apartment. <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah my god dastardly 
Yeah. And, oh um, that apartment was unspeakable. So was, nice, that apartment. But, but Hazel says something to Nella, like, you've already gone to the school and you're already, you know, at this job. You're already doing all this and that. Which, what's, what, what's, you know, wearing the hair grease? It's just one more step. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, what are you saying? Are you saying that, like, Going to a certain school, speaking a certain way is necessarily selling out or I don't know. It's just yeah, there's a muddy message about what it means to to engage in survival behaviors, you know, and like, you know, and like and like for a black woman, survival behavior is sometimes relaxing your hair. It's sometimes code switching when you're around different people. And that's like an added like it's like you need a a bigger cpu in your computer to process that much information all the time everywhere you are and that's the wear and tear and like we we undercut that by by not giving us any real glimpse of what that really felt like for nella because if we actually got to see what it was like to go through her four-year university to like to what it was like at whatever her toxic Leo private high school was like, you know, those things would give us more information about why she chooses to behave the way she does and why she makes some kind of dumb decisions or really more dumb indecisions, like just, you know, trying not to make changes. And yeah, I I just think she she could have been a real three-dimensional main character if we got to see that. Then we would have a real conversation about all of the concessions that she's made to get there in the first place to have the opportunity that Hazel couldn't get without the grace. Yeah, we don't we don't get that conversation at all. It's all just sort of buried under sort of, you know, signifiers, Connecticut, Harvard, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel? B, your hand was up first. Did you want to say something? Oh, well, just I mean, this is where the twist with Diana being the villain is where I like I keep running into some hurdles because like from a thriller mm-hmm. angle I'm like oh yes the mentor figure was the mastermind yay but I'm it changes it the sto- work it, yeah. well to me it fundamentally changes the story it this takes it from like a person versus this like you know this almost monolithic force of just institutional publishing this almost you know like person versus society like you said that really lent itself to this kind of like this very ghostly southern gothic thing they had going in those first two episodes and the themes of again like you know and that's a very thematically rich angle and it and the diana twist it makes it from into person versus person and then like you said it really gets into one way or another we're kind of demonizing people's survival strategies and it feels like now we're putting more focus into yeah. policing it's people's survival strategies rather than criticizing what's forcing the you know forcing people to have to survive. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. it diverts the gaze from the structural to an interpersonal relationship that doesn't support the weight of what they're trying to put on it. And like like you said, Diana, it, we don't even get to know enough about her to understand why she would make these decisions why she would like it sounded like they that she wasn't with Richard for a long time and then they got back together recently 
What yeah. does that but mean? She also, but like, also, even that's not involved fun- much. But also, he's still been, like, funding and facilitating the connections for it. It's like, there's a lot of that yeah. 35 years between Burning Heart and now. Right. But she also. Don't feel filled in. Yeah. She yeah, was in exactly. more of a hazily type situation, right? Like, she didn't have the opportunity to go to college. Right? Is that correct? Well, but- they they really glossed she was over. A friend. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was yeah. a friend of the public, or she was a friend of the editor, she was a friend of Kendra, and then, and then she was she and Kendra were sort of competing for whatever like su- success they were looking for, and then they just jumped to her having a great book, and mm-hmm. they didn't show anything like they showed that they were friends, and then they showed that they were both interested in writing and then they showed that they you know and then it just skipped ahead we didn't get like yeah a lot of a tiny scene that was like you don't understand what i'm going through when like she visits her at harvard uh yeah she visits kendra ray at harvard but it's so quick and it's supposed to stand in for a lot of backstory that yeah (laughs) needs more than that yeah that's uh that's a change in adaptation that i guess didn't quite land yeah yeah. I'm glad we got the 20 second search though, uh failed search for Shawnee. But they're like, quick, we need to hunt down Shawnee. <laughs> less than half a minute montage of them just checking like three places. They'd be like, well, we couldn't find it. Next plan. Great song though. Great music drop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they had go good back. drops. Oh yeah. Just, oh, for, oh, some great soundtrack music. Was incredible. Like, yeah, great. Like I gotta look up the soundtrack to this show because it's there on was, Spotify. Uh, whole thing's on there. Ooh, hell yeah! yeah. Um, cool. No, to go back that. to the whole thing about criticizing survival choices, like the the fundamental accusation is like you're not authentically black or you're not as black as I am. But like the muddy politics of this story is that Hazel's not a real person. That's not her name. Hazel didn't go to an HBCU. She's she has no room to criticize anyone for going to a predominantly white institution even going back to diana if you're talking about authenticity you changed the end of your book like the whole thing here there's nothing authentic about you so then what are we actually saying here about blackness or authenticity or anything real recognize real is she looking unfamiliar she was looking unfamiliar (laughs) also question the barber boyfriend was that actually her brother uh no i think it was like a cover I don't yeah, because he's Dominican. That guy is yeah, he's okay. extremely Dominican. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like stereotypical Dominican New York barber. Like yes. very much so. Down to the you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no haircut for you. Um. Yeah, that was that was, and and in the book they they talk more about Hazel's like fake, you know, life. They talk more about like the nonprofit she does and like the hair club and stuff. There's like a little bit more of a song and dance to show you how hard is it to make a website her and impressive her life is. But yeah, it's all like I, we all listen to podcasts, Squarespace. It's it's there, right? Like you, you wouldn't just throw (laughs) Hazel's picture up on a, dummy website so if anybody happens to look into this she pops up like we literally yeah. know how to reverse image search like <laughs> she's going to a place that sells stories and your story is so thin like yeah did anyone did anyone else think did anyone else think it was hazel who leaked the book like i kept yes. expecting it to like that yeah. time, and not to just be this off-screen never seen sensitivity who is just like man fuck this book mic drop 
yeah it's definitely hazy. yeah yeah because like otherwise why not engage with that part of the plot more like why not engage with the sensitivity that, more? The, make this, but that's make, the thing like that's a great and i like that it's like as this part of like this fucked up you know hazel mind thriller way but once you have the full plot it's like okay your wagner books your master strategy we intentionally publish a racist book we then leak the racist book get ourselves in a bunch of trouble yeah like, yeah the, pro- the producers <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Like, i feel like you could have just launched this imprint and saved yourself a rate no. doing you a don't understand book. it b because you're not yeah. smart enough they're playing 3d chess <laughs> see i want yeah. to get canceled thereby making more money <laughs> Don't you see? <laughs> this and is a I unlock secret international <laughs> money. <laughs> Can we talk about Sophie? I just yeah, I wanted her to be character. nicer to. Aww. I really wanted her to be nicer to that little weirdo. Like she's yes. just trying right. to be like. So well, she does remind like, me of a lot. Reaching of in her co- shirt to pull out the fake key to undo her zippered mouth to say thank you. I'm like, sweet yes, that's that showed adorable. me so much. More it about is that adorable. Character. Yeah, right. that's, that's, that's like right. the best case scenario white girl co-worker like, exactly she's yeah. a little they're, they're ultimately she tries too hard but she really is like just trying to make connections like her talking about how much she loves fish i mean i feel like that should be the character <laughs> the that, like she when she's at rock bottom she screams at sophie and you're like oh no not poor sophie <laughs> she's crying <laughs> she's yeah. Yeah. So uh, sophie didn't deserve this sophie had one of my favorite lo- lines Go ahead, B. Sophie said she a little confused, but she got the spirits. Exactly. (laughs) No, there's the whole Hazel calls out sick. And Sophie's like, well, I know that I can't be around racism. It makes me sick. And I was like, you're the best. (laughs) (laughs) It was very funny. I just was like, please, please let Sophie in on this heist. I love when she asked Nella, are our jobs in trouble? And I was just like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Sophie is a good character to, to to talk about too. Like I think that in terms of a, a story like that, I feel like Sophie is also you know you could say a lot with a character like Sophie instead of just bullying her because right. she's mm-hmm. so like willing to learn. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I felt the relation to Sophie because it's like I'm, you know you're willing to learn, but like you're you know. You but girl, I'm at work. I don't have yeah. time to teach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and then like you're, but you're also like that's, and that's a lesson that I have learned is that like you can't go around and ask every one of your black friends like, can you tell me about your story? You know, this is me like, at the queer bar trying to just have a drink, not having to explain what non-binary is to every Gen yeah. X at the queer bar. Yeah, or like Ace yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but like I mean, it's it's there are relatable things about it but like for me you know it's i feel like these characters do need to be i think white people especially need to understand that like they're awkward as fuck but you know (laughs) it's okay like you can be awkward as fuck as long as you like learn from it you know like the thing is we already know you're awkward you're awkward you're awkward around us all the time but the the tension comes from no one is allowed to publicly acknowledge that the white person is uncomfortable because then the white person looks bad for being visibly uncomfortable (laughs) in the situation it's always great when the white person goes wow i'm 
really awkward or whoa. I just, yeah, it's like, like okay. just call it out. Right. Just that's yeah. why Sophie's so good, exactly. like as a character, and then she's like, I feel like she should be bullied less mm-hmm. or be less like it's kind of kicked around. Is that like, you know, she is awkward and she, but she's like fine. She's do fine. Do you feel like, do you feel like, a, do you relate to Sophie? Do you feel like a Sophie? Less than, uh, less now than I used to. Yeah. But... I will say, Emily is absolutely the person that will go, ah, I'm so awkward. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I will absolutely admit that I'm awkward, you know. Um, but also, I feel like Sophie is the one who, like, if she wrote something that was, like, insensitive, she would want you to tell her. Like, I feel yeah. like Sophie oh, would right. say, yeah, she's, yeah. The, her, she's the right kind of Please. attitude. Her exactly. to be an ally and help does come from a legitimate, like, empathetic place. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm glad that I think Nella probably could have done a little nicer than you're not the worst person to work with, but at least Sophie really took it in the best yeah. way. And Sophie does... knew that's that's all she could ask for. Like she... yeah. yeah, yeah. It does precede Nella's best line of the show where she calls the situation Kanye levels wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sophie has more to say in the book, but it's still pretty small <laughs> a role. Yeah. But like, th- yeah, there's a lot that they did in the sort of like big office scenes where she was just an easy punching bag, like a really easy punchline for jokes. And yeah, I think that like I can I see Sophie in like a lot of people I know. And it's not a bad thing to be a Sophie. But what's real is the feeling of having to manage a Sophie's feelings. Yeah. They're yeah. vibrating in front of you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. When I think too, exactly. they want that room for season two. Can you imagine yes. Sophie radicalized in the backseat with Malaika with a separate taser? Like she's just yeah. in, she's down. She's like, <laughs> if, I have to we get a season yes. two, and this show doesn't end with Malaika and Sophie getting together and setting something on fire. What are we even doing here? Yeah. What was yeah. the point? I I see her as yeah, season two scene stealer for sure. Yeah. So like, we need to radicalize her. I feel like we've talked about a lot of the other characters. How did everybody feel about Owen, the white boyfriend? Oh yeah, I you know good. he's he's good. Owen was there too. Yeah, I was there. glad. He's part I was of very it. Glad he wasn't evil and part of a conspiracy. I like that he yeah, got yeah. to just be a good old dorky, cute white boy. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he also did a lot of like following her lead and like doing what other people told him to do. He wasn't yeah. like one of the His he wasn't like did, horror movie yeah. boyfriend. That he was, was like, no chip. No, there was no, no chip. I don't here. believe you. I don't believe you. He yeah, spent I, a lot of time being like, okay, all right. I mean, why are we going to Idaho? What's happening? Yes. In this an absolutely positive way, but uh, he's written as a girlfriend. Like he's not written as a boyfriend. He's written <laughs> yeah. as a girlfriend. Like. He's, you know, he's down I to get, help. I tell he's what behind you her the whole way. He's not trying yeah. to take over the story or help. Yeah. In yeah. Own. In terms of like, yeah, mainstream narrative expectations. That's like what's happening. Yeah. Um, that's the, yeah. the role. He's attentive. And he's attentive. I mean, honest, like this is, a, this is a, a, a book written by a black woman who has probably dated white men because to be an educated black woman means being willing to date lots of different types of people. So I I felt like it was pretty well informed of like this is like your best case scenario white boyfriend like non-Jewish white boyfriend because like and, and like I 
I saw I saw bits of Jeffrey in in the way Owen is written in the book, not <laughs> not in the show, but like that feeling of okay, I'm doing my best to like listen to you and help you, but I also can't really tell you what you want, you know. Yeah. And so it's really frustrating to be a boyfriend to Anella when she's in a conflict like this because he's missing the context, so he's constantly like trying to look for clues and Malaika has to be the one to point them to him. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a fun dynamic that, I you like know, that he friends just came tend over. to have. But he yes. just came over. She was like, I'm at this weird party. And he was just like, yep. oh, okay. On a he scooter, he came in. over. He rode yeah, across New York on a scooter. scooter. Tried to break yep. in and then they just opened the door. And, like, I also like that yeah, I like her tight. Like that yes. they are. Yeah. Like, yep. There's no boyfriend, the best friend rivalry. Be in the same room without her needing to be there. It's um, sweet. Yeah. 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 Th that to me, like that Malika likes Owen said so much to me about his character before it yes. even really said or done anything where I'm like, yes, okay, sure. if this best friend is cool with this white boy, he must be such a fucking golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> big, big time. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's weirdly like revolutionary to have like these these two characters of this, you know, straight white guy and this black lesbian who are like friends anyway, like without it being horrible in one direction or another, like. Well, and they're not maybe, bros it's, it's, either. They're it's not both just really like see. chicks, dude. Like it's it's very yeah. much, they have a genuine right. friendship. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Owen's finest moment is forcing Hazel to give him soup through a crack in the door. <laughs> that was so <laughs> funny. Like, I can do it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's—I um, mean—he's—he's he's a kind of a meek personality, but he still like is—he's there to the end, you yeah, know. Yeah. He does his—he tries his best, and he doesn't like give up any of. I—I I like Owen. Yeah, he's yeah. a good—he's a—he's yeah. a good boy, Owen. Yeah. If you yeah, tell Owen like we're classic. going to Harlem to get a fade, he's like, "I guess I'm going with my friend Malika to get a fade." Like, he, yeah, he yeah, just, yeah. He just tags along. Like, <laughs> he was like, "Are you sure? Am I? Am I supposed to be? Are you sure?" Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, uh, we'll I like get, Owen. We'll get we'll get you some swordfish and you'll have a great time. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So who is this show for? I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't think it's for I think it's me. for Sophie. <laughs> if it was There's for Sophie, she would the show. Sophie demographic of viewers. I, yeah, I, I think if it was for Sophie, Sophie would be bullied less. No. I, think, I, I think it's kind of like a lot of like I guess paid cable or basic cable like prestige dramedy. I think it's like following that tradition from the tens that we still sit, can't seem to get away from. Of like this is this is for upwardly mobile professionals who like to talk about workplace comedies mm. you know we don't have succession anymore you know and, and i <laughs> yeah, think they were this, trying to go for that a little the, bit in the way it was maybe styled for Hulu. The, this show yeah. is definitely chasing the like three hundred thousand people watching succession instead of like the 12 million people watching autism doctor has a screen i gotta, I gotta say <laughs> i tried watching succession not secession, succession. That's a completely different movie. <laughs> the South. I tried watching it, but I felt really, really bad when that little Culkin was yelling in that little boy's face and wouldn't let him have a quarter million dollars for like not making a home run. And I was done. That's I couldn't I watch it too. after that. I, I was like, oh my God, give that little boy some money. 
I yeah, they were yeah. trying to show you how evil they are and how it definitely is so evil. evil. Like, I, I already watched House of Cards. I've seen white people yell at like, white people. Like, I don't, and what is yeah. happening? I mean, characters don't really become better people, but it does take about like three or four episodes for them to kind of figure out everyone's personality. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, ooh, that, character, so that character is terrible. It is like that. Mc- I mean, he, and, you know is what? terrible, but he, he isn't was terrible. As, like, out, he isn't as like that kind of terrible after he like the first couple and episodes. He acted, he acted, he acted that, honey. He was, I believe, he's great. That that, that he he's, is yeah. that terrible. Oh, everyone's acting in Secession is oh, like so a Jake it, it was like great. The, I, I just, it, it, it hurt my soul. Yeah. That's I why I like uh, Whiplash so much because I absolutely believe that J.K. Simmons legitimately bullied Miles Teller, and I think Miles Teller probably deserves that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Miles, Miles, we, we don't all think that you deserve to be bullied by J.K. Simmons. Some of us I don't do. really know who Miles Teller is, but... <laughs> um, Yeah, I just felt like, you know, as far as this show goes, like, it dives into race issues a little bit, but not enough that I felt like it was able to extend a conversation. You know, it was kind of like yeah, basic one on one surface level. Yeah. So I it wasn't like really relatable to me. It wasn't like I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. And now we can loop more people in. Like, I just was like, what what is the goal here? What is the is this a warning? Like, is this a a call to action like what are we doing when there's, I feel there's like a it's for people who here. enjoyed get out and they like the idea of like yeah a race drama but they feel like identity politics quote unquote is too much like they're yeah they anything have that to goes feel too safe. far right it's yeah. the i want you to talk about race i want you to do a story about race but i also want to feel like the good guy and like i'm rooting for the right yeah. people anything that gets mm. kind of like nuanced or real is not a thing that's why you have those throwaway jokes about like crazy or this that and the other it's like the oh i recognize that kanye joke i recognize this thing but yeah anything that actually becomes like naming of real life problematic faves i think would be too much and so that's the show just sort of stays in its safe place yes i 100 agree with you i highly recommend a book uh this is a nonfiction book called elite capture and it kind of it's a more of like a theory book but it describes what happens when revolutionary sort of minded black people enter media and what the what the machinations of co-option really look like when someone is you know like the jesse watson is supposed to be a stand-in for like elite capture of like this is somebody that we have neutralized with money now we can say all the goodwill that he's built up before selling out, we now get to benefit from and cash in on and make new product based on. And and what's that called yeah. again? Elite Capture. Capture. Yeah. So if you want to see that concept explored in fiction, that is the major topic explored in season two of uh, Woke starring Lamorne Morris. Uh, yeah. Also on Hulu. Okay. So if you want to see that explored yeah. in fiction, Woke really dedicated an entire season to that. Are we at the recommendations portion? I guess so. I, 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 I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's, we talked that about... Good. Well, can we, yeah. before we go into what other things we would recommend, can we say, would you recommend somebody watch and or read The Other Black Girl? 
I would. I, Jeremy? I would. I have okay. qualified, I have qual it's a qualified recommendation. Like if it's, yeah. you know, other black people in media, I'm like, oh, you should watch it because I want to know what you think. And then, <laughs> and then there's like, I don't know, there's a part of the other black girl that kind of reads in the TV show reads like if like a, an aunt in law had to describe to somebody what I did for a living, you know, it's like a <laughs> yeah. very sort of hazy kind of grab bag of specifics of like, oh, you know, this. and in that way, it's like not really informative of the real experience that yeah. people like. Amanda yeah. walks around the office and eats bagels and like drinks champagne Grapes. and. Easy. Oh, was it great? <laughs> yeah, definitely not hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of this that like it's I, it feels too much in the middle. Like it feels like moderate. They, like they they don't want to they don't go as far as to project like actually hiding in the bathroom. But also the characters don't make logical decisions about what to do next. Mm, like, exactly. Because I, I was saying. To Alicia, like from an author's standpoint, and maybe this is me being more open to criticism than some authors, but like talking about Nella, I was like, all right, you read that thing, you hate the thing. You tell the boss, like, not I hate this, not it's dangerous, but this would reflect poorly on our company. And this exactly. can bring that, you know, that Twitter firestorm that you want to avoid. And that's a thing that the boss can see like they can understand in their mind and they say what yeah, are we that doing? was a wild say? decision that she made like looking at an author and being like this character you wrote is dangerous yeah. i think she's dangerous yeah. and i'm like whoa yeah. i felt a stereotype every, a lot of people have done it like, <laughs> i always thought he was going to embrace we haven't that actually called the mention called out like the title of this like book yet have What's we the title of the book fucking needles and pins yeah, needles and yeah. oh yeah that's right yeah right yeah, and I, I was like, I was, I was like, as I was watching that part, I was like, you know, you get a sensitivity reader. That's what you do. You get somebody who's paid to do this thing who is outside your company. That's specifically mm -hmm. their job is to read this and say, this is messed up. And then you, as the editor, can hand it to the author and say, well, look, we had this person from outside the company that read this and said these things, and this is what you need to know. And then like, if the author decides not to do it, either you don't do the book if you think it's that big of a deal, or when the author gets backlash on it, you say, we did everything we could do. Like, you know, yeah. you know this, yeah. this guy decided not to fix it. Um, and yeah. I was like, that's like a logical process of what you should do to like handle this thing. Whether he would handle it any better given this character is hard to say, but like that would be the, the way to go about it. Yeah, and the way that meeting that. went down really annoyed me. The, like, I was just like, that's not how this conversation would I bet, happen. I bet, yeah. Like, did you see, like, later? Like, Hazel, you were supposed to back me up. Girl, you went off the deep end. I wasn't expecting you to spell that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was like, yeah. if this guy is important enough that you can't say that, that you shouldn't say those sort of things to him, then you shouldn't say those sort of things to him. But, like, there are ways Somebody to approach should. it as a person whose job it is to stand between the author and, you know, the the publisher or, or the, you know, the audience well, and, like, tell tell them what needs to be done that make more sense than just, like, making him your enemy right away. Yeah. This is another area where 
I'm not sure the plot quite holds up because with Nella, it's like, why did, what did Nella even stand to gain from this mind control cult at the start? Because take away this incident where she's like, your book is dangerous. Like, she is already on track to get promoted and get like the position and on the upward track at her dream job. Like, she was already on her way to doing and yeah. getting the things that they are promising her. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a yeah. hard time recommending this, despite the fact that I literally did. And which that's why we're talking about it is I, I put it on the list. Um, but like, I think it's no coincidence that like, I was looking at, at an IMDB and the lowest rated episodes are the first one and the last one, because they don't really connect to each other. Nope, and no, there's a lot of the don't. stuff in the middle they don't connect to either. And I, I think a lot of the stuff that we've talked about people enjoying is is sort of incidental character moment stuff that happens in the story and is fun. Uh, and is I think a result of having comedy writers, a lot of the writers that are on this come from the, you know, have been in the blackish family of shows, you know, grownish and, yeah. and mixed dish and stuff. And like that, you know, those sensibilities show up. And I think that's when it's best is when it's funny, unfortunately. Yeah, the flip that's, of that sensibility oh, so is moderate politics. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that part. I that mean, part. yeah, that's that's the mentality that drove Blackish and drove also that same showrunner to make that terrible show for Netflix. Black Gosh, yeah. that was terrible. Oof. You know, that's like a great example of like this is like what Elite Capture does to Black. Do you creative. think if he made it last year, it would be called like Black No Cap or something like that? Like. Just- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, like just oh, what are boy. the kids saying these days? Like, oh, Emily, would you recommend the show? Yeah, um, you know, I parts of it, but it sounds like this second season of Woke is what I would recommend because the thing that this the the subject matter of elite capture that you're describing is sounds like it's what this show was trying to talk about, but failed. Because yeah. it was just talking. It's what it the really book did. tried and yeah. that failed. And then the TV just like kind of failed even more. <laughs> yeah, because it, it feels so diluted. Like everything feels so diluted at this point. So, I mean, I, I, the only reason I would recommend the show is because Malaika is great. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much. Give you know. that actress all the things. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Also, I love, I mean, Nella for, I mean. Actually, all the actresses are great. Yeah, but yes. character of Malika. Yeah, like I and I love the character of Malika. I also feel I also love Nella in a way. Like I would just want to hug her and be like, "It's gonna be okay." But you know, I don't understand. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the characters are really like the characters shine. the The plot of the show just doesn't go. It's sort of like. A, a, a plot occurs and there's magic question mark in not a fun way yeah so yeah, we don't ever yeah. establish and this is this was a question that i had when we were yeah. watching this time is do we ever establish how this stuff works like, no 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 not even a little bit yeah is it no. 90s voodoo like we keep seeing in yeah. over over satan movies? it's actually child's play voodoo so we can we gotta go back to the 80s for it because it's 88, the year from Child's Play. It's the same movie oh, no. guy. Well, no, <laughs> this is so, so Wagner is actually Satan. And what he's trying to do is find like the most ultimate 
wife for himself so he can have like a mixed race woke antichrist child that will take the, the media by storm and then naturally yeah tiktok for sure and like have all the good podcasts and that's why he needs to control what's his face with no, james boy. whatever all right. So, yeah, I, I said I wouldn't recommend it. I think Emily is sort of on the fence. Uh, I'm on the fence. Yeah, I, I kind of also find myself on the fence where, like, there's, like, I enjoy, like, all the acting's good. Like, I did find it very engaging. I found it a really fun, gripping watch. But now that I have had, like, a few days to sit with it, it's like, it was a really enjoyable time watching it. But thematically it's not quite there to hold up like as well as i really wish it did yeah it wasn't satisfying as a as a story yeah my recommendation i think would be uh you know if you want some real like kind of um afro surrealism that's also very funny definitely check out atlanta nice Mm -hmm. good stuff yeah very much so i think uh we're in a, a, a a time where we just snapped back from a moment of letting black women say what they want until they learned that they didn't like it. And uh, so there's not a lot that is, there's not a lot of media right now that's doing right by its black women characters. And it's like, that's like, unfortunately continuing to be the case. I, I woke is great. I love Atlanta It's one of my favorite shows, but it also has never known what to do with black women. True. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and, it's a, and queer people and it's like atlanta has the most black look, queer people you, look on at you, right looking at you van storyline in europe <laughs> yeah you know so it's like there's a lot of like limitations being put on what black representation looks like and so i sit i give my recommendations with that sort of in mind <laughs> but i would uh, recommend woke like b and read anything by let's see and uh, there's a really great book by rebecca hall called wake and it's about the history of women-led slave revolts and That's it's dope. a great example of like like rebecca history. hall like the actress a different rebecca hall this okay is a, all right yeah okay. this is like a doctorate of history rebecca hall okay and, okay yeah right. and uh yeah i know it's funny because she's she's uh, she's a little uh she's a little uh passing She's oh, she is. I was gonna say, is she? Yeah. Uh, is she a little? Uh, what, yeah. What was the what was the sh- movie that she made? Yeah, it's With based the... on her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rebecca Hall. Yeah, the her mother professor. was a famous, extremely light-skinned singer in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I learned that from Finding Your Roots, but yeah. Anyway, a great book. <laughs> that kind of gives you an example of like the breadth of women, black women's survival behaviors and how those can be as revolutionary as they can be a way to, you know, pacify a, a, a broken nervous system or justify going another day at work. But yeah, that, that's my book rec. My that's recommendation cool. is Hair Wolf. Hair Wolf is so good. I yeah. I read Hair Wolf. It is, is there uh, a book? It's a short. It's a short no, movie. It's a short. It's a short. It was a short okay. that we watched. Like, yes. watched. It is directed by Miriam Diallo, who yep. did the first episode of this show. Um, oh, shit. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Malika reminded me That explains me of why the, uh, the spooky parts of that first episode are so well directed. 
Yeah. yeah. Malika Sorry. reminded me of the Muslim hairdresser oh, from Harry Potter. It's like 2018. Yeah. yeah. I had seen this. Oh my gosh. That was so long ago. I totally forgot. <laughs> no. 2018 does feel really like funny. a decade ago, right? 2018 yeah. is Me like almost. a demarcation line. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was the before times. It's just so long ago. Also, before I recommend times. getting boosted because it's, you know. We're... Yeah. If you haven't gotten your booster, definitely recommend that. Yeah. Yeah. We had Please. new holiday plans because everyone in our family not us but everyone around us got sick so every person we tried to plan anything with <laughs> all holiday season got covid two days before we were supposed to do the thing which as a result meant that we charts. spent we spent christmas at home in our pajamas with our kids and didn't go anywhere and i was like whoa now i know why people do this uh, yeah that sounds great <laughs> it was That's, wonderful you set a new precedent you said yeah, i was like oh, i don't have to go back travel again yeah, I, I, travel again. I don't i think i recommended a lot of people watch this because i wanted to have somebody to talk about it with the acting is fantastic it's beautifully shot it's just the pacing is so slow so I feel like it's it's got some good things going on. If you're interested, I just always give that as a caveat. Somebody said the book is supposed to be like Devil Wears Prada. It's nothing like Devil Wears Prada. So just if you're picking up the book because you think it's going to be like the Devil Wears Prada, don't listen to that blurb. It's wrong. Um, <laughs> I would recommend, I haven't watched Kindred yet, but I would recommend reading Kindred and, and one day I'll make everyone in the world read kindred and then i'll have people to talk about it with but kindred is a time travel book in which a woman who is married to a white man in the present and in the book the president is like 1970 something gets sucked into slavery times and finds herself having to save the life of this white child in those times and you can imagine how things get complicated when her white husband gets sucked back in time with her at one point so uh-huh. yeah. so yeah it's really interesting and very thoughtful and it's um octavia butler so yeah read that i will say i have been reading parable of the sower for like the past year Looking i haven't really bleach. gotten through it yet mm, yes so it's i keep difficult. picking it up I keep picking it up and putting it down and reading like Travis Baldry, like Legends and Lattes and Bookshops and and Legends and Lattes was great. It was delightful. Legends and Lattes was delightful. And so right now I'm reading the bookshops and bone dust. So yeah, those are what's on my nightstand. Parable of Sower and Orc Romance. Oh, I also read Um Everybody in My Family Has Killed Someone, which was actually really good and I enjoyed it a lot. Ooh. I just picked it up because it was there. So, yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't recommend anything yet. The only thing that I've really experienced media-wise in the last week or so is uh, Spider-Man 2 for PlayStation 5, uh, <laughs> which is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's It oh, actually yeah. does a really great job of integrating both Peter Parker's stuff and Miles' stuff, which is important because I, the Miles Morales game that you know was launched on ps5 is amazing and i was really hoping that that wouldn't get lost and the you know bringing back peter in the, the actual sequel to the first game so yeah they, they do a great job of sort of integrating those two characters and bringing in a wide like a large supporting cast of, of characters in there and uh they do some some interesting things with you know 
both both characters and the story generally. So you haven't played Spider-Man 2. I'm I'm almost done with it, but I would definitely recommend it. Actually, on the heels of that, one of the things, so I think I would recommend this. It's I don't think it's great, but I am also the champion of Little Caesars Hot and Ready. Like it's not great, but it is hot and it is also ready. Yes. And so this it's, it's funny. It's well shot. It has an incredible soundtrack. I think it's entertaining. I I don't know that it's incredible, but it's it's decent. Um, it is hot and ready. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that we talked about is like the mystery fails here. If you want to see how a mystery can work really really well, speaking of video games, um, if you've never played Return of the Oberdin. It is an incredible point and click detective mystery where a ship returns to harbor and its 60 passengers are all dead, all missing. And you basically have to wander around the ship, look at bodies, and you get little snapshots of the past. And you have to figure out who everyone is, where they all went, Wait, how they all died. It's a video game that's a pistol. Area as well. Oh, it is I'm incredible. In. <laughs> uh, I started playing what it. Because what is this called? One the Return story? of the Obradin. It is. It is won our sorts of awards. But it, I started playing it because one of the podcasters I listened to talked about how it is a game that he wishes he could forget just so he could play it all over again. Because Aww. yes, wow. So it looks like an Apple IIe like it green does. screen kind oh, of. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it is it is mind blowing, and it also does the slow trickle of a mystery that Ooh. just gets worse and gets worse and gets worse. It's an incredible game. You should play it, and then you should message me so we can talk about it because it's a masterpiece. Absolutely, I love any sort of game where I find out what happened to like people who are missing through audio logs and notes. So Dude, this is right I'm up your alley. It. Then <laughs> this is this was created yeah. by the same guy who created the other game that I really want to play, but I've never played. Papers, please. Which is Papers, please is too intense. For Ooh, me. I really, to... I I really like Papers, please. It doesn't seem like a game you can like. Sorry, it's... you can't cross the border because reasons. Well, it's a like, fucked I... up. It's a, it's one of the you know, it's one of those like, damn, I'm I'm thinking about stuff now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Everybody recommended something, right? Everybody... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All we right. all recommended something. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> it's been wild. All right. Okay. So uh, let's wrap this up. Amanda, can you let people know where they can find out more about uh, you and what you do online, where they can follow you and all that? Oh, uh, yeah. First, I got to figure that out. But for now, you can follow me on the Twitter, The Bad Place, if you want like just basic updates at Amandonium. If you're interested in uh, what I do as a comics editor, you can look at my website, amandameadows.card.co. And I, uh, let's see, do I have any books coming out soon? There is a uh, really fun D&D novel called Party Prime, The Fallback. So I think it's coming out later this year. I did a little bit of work on that. It's really cute. Yeah. Find that and pre-order it. Awesome. Nice. And uh, Emmanuel, what about you? I am still on the bad site at Elipscom2 talking about education, reading, and such. So come say hi. Fantastic. And Alicia, what about you? I'm also still on Twitter at Alicia Whitley. Mostly I'm just there for like fun Twitter takes and catching up on the news. And occasionally I talk about, I rant about being Black and in academia. Awesome. 
And uh, Emily, what you got going on? Well, I've got Vegamoth.net, which is basically where all of it's a card, so you can get to all of my uh, my things, including my letterbox, which we have uh, some of the progressively horrified stuff over there. Yeah, get ready next week. Ranking some, yeah. baby. Woo! Um, well, next week in in let's um, ob- let's objectively rank art. Yeah, yeah. It's always <laughs> it's always fun. But you can also find me on Patreon, Megamoth Patreon, Twitter, Tumblr, Blue Sky, and then Mega underscore Moth on Instagram. Fantastic. And uh, Ben, what about you? Yes, you can find me on Elon Musk's Racist Playground at at Ben the Con. Uh, all other places, website, Instagram, and Blue Sky at BenCon Comics. And check out uh, the Captain Laserhawk uh, manga from Tokyo Pop out in stores now. Fantastic. And uh, I am on Twitter at jrom 58 And basically, I just use that because Blue Sky doesn't have DMs or a lot of wrestling content yet. And that's basically the yeah. only things I, I look at on Twitter. I am at Blue Sky at uh, Jeremy Whitley. If, you know, you actually want to talk to me about something that doesn't involve DF. Uh, I much prefer that because there are a lot of uh, horrible people and non-people on Twitter. So many bots. Bots. Yeah, I, like I don't have a problem with porn, but porn bots are the worst. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm also jeremywhitley.com. Uh, I am also on Instagram at jrom58 and at uh, Tumblr at jeremywhitley.tumblr.com. If you want to read something I wrote, which I would love it if you would do, The Cold Ever After is out this month. It is our, it's coming out from Titan. It is our sort of Arthurian noir, as I like to put it, our queer Arthurian noir story with me and uh, Mecca Wong on the illustration. I've also recently put out the uh, My Little Pony classics, reimagined the uh, Unicorn of Odd, if you're uh, looking for some some pony stuff. And of course, uh, Jamie Noguchi and I just uh, back in November put out the second volume of School for Extraterrestrial Girls. So that is all available right now. And uh, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified, our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm, and on Twitter at Prog Horror Pod, where we would love to hear from you. Speaking of loving to hear from you, we would love it if you'd rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. That helps us find new listeners. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us, guys. This was a ball. It moved much faster than this show. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I so much coming. I had a great time. Thanks again. Thank you to all of you for listening as well. And until next time, stay horrified. Clap. 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 Clap.